Hello and happy Friday. Guys, it's Friday again. Can you believe this? I just, the days are just going by so fast and I just can hardly keep track of, of where we're at in, in the week half the time, but I'm glad that it's Friday. Um, Friday for me, John is off work today, so we get to hang out and do who knows what, probably going to the grocery store, to be honest with you, because that's what we tend to do. And um, But anyway, happy Friday, and um, I hope that you have great plans for the weekend. Guess what I'm doing this weekend? First baby shower is on Sunday, and I am super excited about it. Our oldest daughter, Elise. Her baby shower is on Sunday afternoon, and so we get to celebrate the upcoming appearance of grandbaby number one, and I am ecstatic. Yes, you guessed it, Lisa. It's baby shower weekend. I, I'm excited about it. Um, Guys, update on my nose. <laughs> I love to give you useless trivia. <laughs> useless information. So on Wednesday, if you remember, I looked like an avatar minus the blue color. My nose was magnificent. <laughs> and, and I thought I was morphing into a whole different appearance. Actually, I just had very, very severe allergies. So I just have a little bit of swelling on the right side. And it's just slightly bruised now. So if you prayed for me, thank you. Thank you. I did also start on some 24-hour allergy medicine, so I think that that's been helpful too. So anyway, thank you. I appreciate your, your prayers and your um, declarations over the health of my being. Anyway, let's jump into the point of me being on here. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. Like, I could get on here and just tell you what it is that God is saying. I could just teach, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is like, I want to normalize humanity. Like, we have real lives. We have real things going on. And and I, I just want you to realize, like, we're all just normal human beings. And, and we have real life happening. And at the same time, we are wanting to honor God. And, and sometimes that's easier said than done to, to be human and to also represent the holiness of God. So anyway, I just like to bring us all down to earth and tell you my common everyday problems <laughs> and goings on. <laughs> anyway, do you guys see my picture? Shout out to Helen Graham. She created that work of art, and I am absolutely in love with it. Fisher King, King Fisher. I can't always get it right. Um, don't remember which, but that's what that bird is. You have to look it up because I don't remember. But I love its name. Either way, King Fisher or Fisher King. I think it's King Fisher. Um, but I love it. Don't you love that? I love it. It represents it represents my heart. Like I, I want to go fishing for Kings. Anyway, let's get started. Um, I, I feel like what God was, um, yes, I was going to tell you, I love your new background. Thank you. And this, this one right here is a prophetic, um, painting that, um, I don't remember who Sarah Camille, Sarah Camille, Lisa 
gifted this to me several years ago. And what you can't see is Jesus with a woman right at the base of this massive wave. And so just representing that we are never alone, never alone. So anyway, we're going to stop talking about my wall. Um, What's on God's heart? We get really wrapped up in being seen. We get really wrapped up in this is my identity. We get really wrapped up in me, 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 me. This is who I am. And this is what I'm about. And, and, and God was just really revealing to my heart that being seen is not the first order of things. Being known is. And he wants to bring order into, into our lives. He wants to bring order back onto the earth and order into our churches. He wants order for his bride. And that means that we have got to lean into what it means to be known because that is first order to be known. And in Jeremiah, this is a super, super common, commonly um, quoted part of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you, I knew you. So before we are even able to be viewed, to be seen, we were known in completion. Say it. Say, I was known in completion. We we were known completely and fully before we were ever formed, before our being was ever formed. So what you see right now wasn't the first order, right? What you see right now was second. It came second. Me being known by the Father was first order of things. I am known first. What does that mean for us? It means that he who knows me gets to decide what is seen of me. Should I say it again? He who knows me gets to decide what is seen of me. We get very, very stuck in this, this is who I am kind of thing. This is what he's called me to do. So much so that when he, when his winds of change come in, we're like stubborn, stiff necked people. And we're like, this is who I am. You know, surely this is, surely this is Satan trying to come in and and sabotage who I am, my identity. And we don't shift with the winds of change that the Lord is sending, that God has ushered in to, to reveal more of who we are. And the problem is, is that when we don't allow him to reveal who he has known us to be, then the the earth is missing out on a a facet of the expression of God because he reveals himself in us, right? Yes. Say that over yourself. God reveals himself in me. Okay. But here's the deal. When we refuse to shift, we are refusing God his own glory. When we refuse to shift, we're refusing God his own glory. So if you're someone who knows what it is that God has called you to do, and you have been walking that road for years and years and years, and God comes along and he's like, I'm remantling you. How quick are you 
to shift? Do you shift at his word? Or do you wait for confirmation from here, there, and everywhere? He's looking for a people that will shift immediately. And if you haven't practiced shifting, you're not leaning in close enough to hear what God is saying because there have been plenty of opportunities for us to shift, 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 shift. In fact, there's Stephen Cummings lives in England, part of Invictus. Every single time I am on one of Invictus's broadcasts and he's on there, the man is speaking a shift over my life. (laughs) And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It happens every single time. And he's saying it in various kinds of ways, but ultimately it boils down to there's a shift that God is requiring of you. And this has happened multiple times in less than a year. So there are, there are multiple times that God is asking us to shift, to move with him because he's wanting to reveal himself in a fuller measure. And he does so through us, right? <clears throat> I want to, um, to reveal something to you that, that is um, just absolutely stunning to me. <clears throat> is that that um even when it comes to ourself faith is the hope of what is to come right even when it comes to us see we are being transfigured we are being transfigured into into Christ likeness and this is stunning to me because we often think of faith as, as things that we need to reach in and pull out that are somehow going to benefit us, blah, blah, blah. But we don't think of it in terms of wh- what is it that's out there that I need to reach in and apply to me. So there's even, there's a, there's a grand faith that we need to put on concerning self. And I'm afraid that we have become so self-absorbed that this is why we are collectors of prophecy rather than doers of his word, because uh, we have just become like fattened calves. <laughs> We're so full of, of prophecy. And, and I wonder how many of them would actually stand in the purification of the Lord. Probably not many of them because they, they, um, we tend to first read the person rather than hear the Lord. And then we pull out what it is that is on the heart of the man rather than the heart of the father. And so, so many of them would be false prophecies or self-absorbed prophecies that were just pulling straight from the human. And, and so if it's not something that is stretching or causing you to be transfigured into the, into Christ likeness, then it's probably not a pure, authentic word. We have tossed prophecy around like candy in a parade and and not rightly regarded what it is that we're doing. And there is a reformation coming to the prophetic that is going to be pure and holy like we have not known. It is going to be a, a prophetic company who is only comfortable with their feet purely grounded at the feet of the Lamb of God who crouch low, stoop low like the Father would to enter into the natural realm to release his word from that position in that position alone. 
We walk around in disregard and, and do not honor who it is that we're saying we are speaking on behalf of. And that time has ended. We cannot do that anymore. We need to only release a pure, authentic, holy word from a space where we're grounded and comfortable with the Lamb. If you are attempting to speak the word of the Lord without feeling his hand on your back, you're going to miss it. We need to create, these are the things that we need to crave. We need to crave the feeling of the hands, Lord, the hands of the Lord on our back and then release the word. We, we have become very frivolous and very untidy with his words. There is a wisdom that needs to come and take hold of us when we are hearing and releasing his words. I think that there's often times that God is talking to us and we are so quick to release that word and we never once asked him if it was time. Sometimes God's talking to you about things not for you to reveal them, but for you to hold them. To hold them. He's, he's, he's wanting to purify us with his word. His word is like fire. And if we don't hold his word within our being, it will not fully purify us. God was showing me this morning that so many prophetic people, and this isn't just prophets, this is prophetic people. He was showing me their mouths and out of their mouths came what looked like Medusa's head, if you know what I'm talking about. That the tongue had become like Medusa's head with many, many forked tongues coming from it. And and you don't have to be too, too terribly discerning to understand what it is that God is trying to communicate there. We've got two agendas coming from multifaceted angles. And he's looking for one. Who will be the pure and satisfying word of the Lord? He's looking for purity and he's looking for holiness. Are we willing to stand at the feet of the lamb and stoop low to release his decree on the earth? I see no other way. If we're not willing to do that, then I'm just going to have to ask that we not talk. Do not pretend to be the voice of the Lord if you aren't going to stand in his counsel. We have to be those who learn to release his word from his presence. And not just the realms. Guys, I, I, I'm not talking about in spaces of realms, talking about in his presence, in his holiness. We need his purifying to come and hit us more now than ever because there's a shaking that is coming and it needs to not just shake the earth. It needs to shake us. 
because if there's anything in me that can be shaken, it needs to be shaken, right? Okay, I've belabored that. Um, let's go to... Let's go to Jeremiah 9. I'm going to, I just, I want to read, well, let's go Jeremiah 9 and we will, um, we'll start in 20. No, go to 19. For a voice of wailing was heard from Zion, how we are ruined. We are utterly put to shame for we have forsaken the land because they have cast down our dwellings. Did you hear that? We have forsaken the land. Oh, yikes. <clears throat> Therefore, listen, O women, to the word of Jehovah and let your ear receive the word of his mouth and teach your daughters wailing and let each teach his neighbor a lamentation. For death has come up through our windows. It has entered our palaces to cut off the children from the streets the young men from the open squares speak thus declares Jehovah and the corpses of men will fall like dung on the surface of the field and like a sheaf after the reaper. And there <clears throat> will be no one to gather them. Verse 23, thus says Jehovah, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom and let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he has insight and he knows me, that I am Jehovah who exercises loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these days, I delight, declares Jehovah, but let not him who glories glory in the um, let him who glories glory in this, that he has insight and knows me. So when you're reaching to be seen, to be put in a space, to be spotlighted, please be reminded that that's not the full picture. That there is one who has insight on who you are and he knows you. Can he shift you in a moment's notice? I think that that it's interesting and I'm fascinated by this, that, you know, we have these neat little tidy boxes that we like to live from and, and we call that holiness. And, um, and it's, it's not, holiness is, is being known and allowing the knowing of Christ to be manifest in us. That's the seeing. The knowing has to come first. But when we lean into our own understanding, we put our own understanding of self on display rather than the knowing of the Lord. He's wanting to put himself on display in us. And he can't do that when we are so resolute in our own self, in our own understanding of who we are, we become absorbed by self and we're just interested in being seen when he's wanting to put being known 
on display. Is this making sense? I hope this is making sense. It's making sense in my spirit. Sometimes it doesn't always feel like it makes sense when you say things aloud. Being known is what he's wanting to put on display. There's an old song that talks about kings and kingdoms will all pass away. God was talking to me about this, that he's not interested in kings and kingdoms passing away. He's interested in kings and kingdoms bowing their knee because the knowledge of Christ concerning them is put on display. He is the delight. He is the darling and he is the desire of the nations. But when we put seeing First, we create little hunger for the nations. But when we put known on display, there's a magnificent power of his glory that comes flooding through us and pulls on the nations to be curious about Jesus. This is what it looks like to lift him high. That we make little of what we know of ourselves and make much of he who knows us. Can he remantle you in this hour? Are you willing to be reformed? Are you willing to allow him to put his knowledge on display through you. Let him who glories glory in this, that he has insight and he knows me. When God comes along and he says, I'm going to give you a new name. What is your posture? What is your posture in that? Do you hold tightly to what you know? Because it's what's comfortable and it's what's familiar and you know how to work that thing? Do you yield? Do you run into the throne room to get next to the lamb? To look into his seven eyes, which reveal his seven spirits? Do you behold the lamb or do you behold self? We have to know. We have to know. In these moments, are you beholding self or are you beholding the lamb, the one who knows? Are you wanting to put seen on display or known? You've got to go back to the beginning to understand that when he spoke us into existence, He knew full well what his intention was over every one of us. What a God. I mean, my goodness, what a God. He's he's big. He's big. He knew us at that point in fullness. He knew us in fullness and ours is to yield to him so he can continue to pull 
on our origin, on the fullness of what he created us for. But when we refuse to shift, we make messes. Okay, let me go back to my notes. We really are, we're in a space as the church on the earth day, we're in a space of transition. We've been, we've been in a time where um, we've become so familiar with the things of, of God that, that we feel like we're somewhat professional. And in our profession, we have made nothing but a mess. And, and so God is coming and he is shaking everything that can be shaken. And when, when we're talking about transition, you can easily point to the birthing process. And I know I've talked about this before, but we need to continue to talk about the transition that is the birthing process. And that's when there's no going back. We, we've, we've crossed the point of no return. Like that baby's coming, whether you like it or not, you are in, you're in a shaking your entire being is has to yield to what is taking place in transition. If you do, if you don't, you will cause severe damage to the body. I hope you understand what I'm saying. That in a a birthing process, when you've entered into transition, if you do not yield to what the Lord is doing, you will cause severe damage to the body. Don't be someone who's willing to cause severe damage to the body just because you don't understand. Yours is not to understand. Yours is to yield. We have to yield to what it is that he's doing. And the only way to do this, and this is, this is my own personal birthing story. I know that's a big thing where women like to tell their birthing stories. Well, here's mine. The only way I knew how to make it through the birthing process was to fix my eyes on Jesus. I, I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal saying like, oh, look at me. I knew exactly what to do. That's not what I'm saying. I was desperate in this transition process of birth where I had to have my eyes every other noise had to go. My eyes had to be fixed on him because if it wasn't, if they weren't fixed on him, I began to try and escape what was happening. And there is no escaping. It's happening. If you don't yield, you'll cause severe damage to the body. We have to yield and fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, the only time <laughs> utterly helpless. Yeah, there's no going back. I'm sure no, unknowing of who I was created to be able to make it easier to accept and be managed correctly during this time of transition. Yeah, and, and again, Lisa, like I think we've become upset with knowledge of self. And that was never, ever the intention. The, and I have a whole slew of, of thoughts on that. But 
look, look what our obsession with self has led to. We are in identity crisis because we serve self over God. We are in identity crisis as a nation because we have been self-absorbed. We've served self and not God. Identity really needs to take a step back because what matters is what he knows. It's what matters. If we're not willing to rush the throne room and, and to, to be with the lamb, to be enthralled with who the lamb is, then we're going to continue to create disaster on the earth. We really are in identity crisis. And, and the only way that we're going to escape that is by rushing the throne room. I want to pop over to Isaiah 53. Um, in Isaiah 53, this is, as I'm reading this, I want you to, to have it in your mind that this is God's revelation of Christ. God is releasing revelation of Christ to his people. We read through these knowing the end story and we forget that he hadn't manifested yet in, in the physical. This is God knowledge of Christ that he is revealing to the people. Chapter 53 of Isaiah, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of Jehovah been revealed? For he grew up like a tender plant before him and like a root out of dry ground. He has no attracting form nor majesty that we should look upon him nor beautiful appearance that we should desire him. Can we just pause and ask ourselves, was being seen what was important in the revelation of Christ? There's nothing about him that was attractive. No attracting form, nor majesty, that our eyes should even be drawn to him. You see what we've done? Do you see what we've done? We've we've created a scenario where being seen is first order. And being seen wasn't even first order concerning Jesus. He's known, right? He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our sorrows, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded because of our transgressions. 
He was crushed because of our iniquities. The chastening for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we have been healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. You see that? We've turned to our own way. That's where we're at right now. We've turned to our own way. We've put self on display. We've put seen on display when it's known that God is after. It's known that that is the glory that will be released that covers the whole earth like the waters cover the sea. It's being known that glory is released through. And Jehovah has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and it was he who was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that is dumb before it shears. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and by judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who among them had the thought that he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom the stroke was due? And they assigned his grave with the wicked, but with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But Jehovah was pleased to crush him, to afflict him with grief, when he makes himself an offering for sin, he will see a seed. He will extend his days and the pleasure of Jehovah will prosper in his hand. He will see the fruit of the travail of his soul and he will be satisfied by the knowledge of him, the righteous one, my servant, will make the many righteous and he will bear their iniquities by the knowledge of him, the righteous one, my servant will make the many righteous and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide to him a portion with the great and he will divide the spoil with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with transgressors, yet he alone bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgression. Can you see that? You see what's taking place there? It wasn't about him being seen that was on display. It wasn't a man that was attractive. Identity didn't come first. Knowledge did. The knowledge of God concerning his son is what was put on display. He became everything that he was supposed to because his eyes were fixed on his father. He was capable of living two places at once. In the presence of his father and stooping low in the transgression of man. When he spoke, he spoke from the presence of his father. He never left 
his father. He knew what it was to be in the presence. He was a man that lived 33 years in a birthing process. Let's go back. What did it say? He was despised and he was forsaken, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. One whom men hide their faces from. Despised and not esteemed. He lived 33 years in a birthing process and never once at once removed his gaze from the fathers. And that's what we're called, we're called to manifest Christ. How are we doing? We're called to manifest Christ. How are we doing? Most of us can't make it an hour without grumbling about something. And this man, Jesus, he didn't utter a single complaint. Affliction was poured out on him. He carried our iniquities, our pain. even when he was despised. See, he didn't weigh fairness because he didn't care about being seen. The only thing he wanted to put on display is that he's known. God reveals Christ in the book of Isaiah to prove that being known is what matters. What can the knowledge of the Father carry you through? If we would become obsessed with being known rather than being seen, there's nothing, absolutely nothing we can't get through because in order to be known and to put that on display, it requires us to stand with the lamb and not get caught up in all the other things, experience all the other things, right? Encounter all the other things, but don't get distracted. Don't let it pull your gaze. When we venture off into different realms, we get distracted and it pulls our gaze from the lamb see these things through the sevenfold eyes of the lamb and it will affect the earth when we're venturing into these different realms and experiencing all of these things and and our eyes are peeled away from the lamb we aren't affecting the earth it's only through the lamb, through the sacrifice of the lamb that we can usher anything of worth into the earth. So venture, but don't do it without him. 
Move with the lamb. Stay with the lamb. Keep your eyes fixed on the lamb. Behold the lamb. It's not about being seen. It's about being known. And you probably just need to walk around all day long confessing over yourself, I'm known. I'm known. I'm known. God knew me before before any of the scene stuff took place. He knew me. Bring forth the known. Holy Spirit, put the known on display. When you're asking to have the, the, the knowledge of who you are from the Father's mind, that's, that's when the land will begin to serve us. When it says that all of creation is crying out, standing on tiptoes, waiting for the sons and daughters of glory to take their place, The land, all of creation is not crying out for you to be seen. They're crying. It's crying out for the knowledge of God to be put on display in the sons and daughters of glory. Come on. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth like the water covers the sea. It's the knowledge of We're known. We're known. And and we're missing out on a whole lot because we've settled with being seen rather than being known. And, and, And being known will compel us to look deeper into what is available to us. Because listen, we just read through Isaiah 53 and it lays out everything that Christ accomplished. And um it says and by his stripes, we have been healed. Have been healed before he ever manifested in form the knowledge of God entered into the earth through the words of Isaiah as he leaned in to hear God's knowledge of Christ and by his stripes we have been healed we aren't we are not seeing healings like we should be because we put seen on display and not the knowledge of God. And it is by faith that we do all of these things, right? It's faith that is the hope of things yet to be seen. And we're a people like, so Abraham is called the father of faith. And in that He's, he's calling things that aren't as though they are. I mean, this man, he hangs, he hinges his whole life to a faith of the unseen. He's way too old. His wife's way too old. They're tired at this point. She laughs at God when he says you're going to have a baby. And um, she's like, she mocks him. What is your faith wanting to hold tight to, but the seeing you is wanting to deny? What is your faith wanting to hold tight to, but the seeing you is wanting to deny? The two are at war against each other. They really are. 
We can't have it both ways. Jesus came and did what he did so we could live by faith. And, and how much more are we required to live by faith in Abraham? We have Holy Spirit as a helper of our faith to take us further than Abraham could go. It's by his stripes that we have been healed. How many people do you know that are sick right now? The known you knows its way around the spirit realm and how to lay hold of spiritual things, of faith. We need an increase of our faith to put the knowledge of God on display. Father, you are revealing lofty things to us. And we thank you for the shaking that has made room for the lofty things. Give us courage, God, to keep our eyes fixed on you, to not be pulled away, to be consumed with being seen, to not be obsessed with our own identity, that we would become a form in your hand that can be shaped into anything at any given moment just to reveal your knowledge. We long to be those who you can pour your glory through. We want to put your knowledge on display that we are known. Let us give the nation something to ache for, to hunger for, to thirst for. Jesus, we live to lift you high. We live to make much of who you are. Let us be those who live and move and have our being from your presence from the knowledge of who you are, Jesus. Holy Spirit, teach us how to insist that we stay where you are. Teach us. We want to be about you. We want everything that we do to be about you, Jesus, to put you on display, to make much of you, to make you famous. Teach us to manifest you. Jesus, teach us to manifest you. You and your own. To live as Christ. That that would become our, our mantra. To live as Christ.
consume us, Holy Spirit. Fully and completely consume us. Amen. I bless your weekend, friends. And we'll talk soon. Love you.